102.5 FM, KXSFLP, San Francisco, and KXSF.FM. You're tuned in to Spark, informing minds, inspiring ideas, igniting innovation. Let the conversation sink into your soul. This is Kelly Marlowe, host of Spark. Today I'm talking with Kristen Morrison coach, author, and entrepreneur who has lit the media sites on fire with her pet business success story of making more money by working less. We will be talking about how you can realize success without having to sprint at Olympic pace. Thank you for joining me today, Kristen. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Can you start by telling us about your entrepreneurial experience and how it started? Sure. So I started my first business in my early 20s. I felt a lot of work angst and I had no idea actually that I wanted to be a business owner, but I knew I didn't want to work a normal job. So that much was clear. And so I had a lot of a lot of anxiety around what am I going to do with my life and really wanting it to be something that I enjoyed, something that delighted me as I, you know, got out of bed in the morning. And um, I couldn't really figure it out, though. It was pretty frustrating. My brain was not figuring it out. And so I just chose to let it go and not try to figure it out, at least for a year or two. And at the end of the second year of letting it go while working just a normal job, I met someone who had a dog walking business and within literally 20 seconds of meeting her, she asked if I would want to walk dogs for her. And I said, yes. And so I worked for her for three months and then I started my own business three months later and just felt like this is a calling for me. It just felt so clear and right. And I had that business for 18 years and I sold it a few years ago. And about five years after starting my business, I got a few calls from various pet sitters and dog walkers around the country who had found my website and asked if I would be willing to coach them. So I began coaching them. And about 10 years ago, I wrote my first book for pet sitters and dog walkers called Six Figure Pet Sitting. And I've since written five books for pet sitters and dog walkers. And I'm currently working on my sixth book, and it's for all kinds of business owners. I'm really excited about that. But that's a little bit about how I got started many years ago. Well, it sounds like you're quite prolific. There aren't that many people (laughs) who can write six books while they're (laughs) running a business. (laughs) Yeah, it's... Once you write the first book, at least this was my experience, the others are easier. Yeah. So what were the challenges that you faced when you were running your business? So there were a number of them. Um, One of the biggest was because pet care requires a lot of time and energy and attention, uh, you're dealing with people and their pets. Um, I found that I had a hard time setting boundaries in terms of my time. 
I would say yes to jobs that were perhaps too far from where I could actually go in a reasonable amount of time. Um, I would price my services really low in an effort to get clients, but then it was hard to raise them. Um, hiring people, you know, when I got to the stage a couple of years into my business where I was ready to hire people, I had never hired anybody. So it was really learning a new skill, a completely new skill of being able to uh, turn, you know, me doing the business into other people doing the business. And that required a lot of trial and error. So those are just a few of the, the challenges that I had early on. And, you know, a big thing for me was beginning to set boundaries. Like I really had to set time boundaries. And, you know, at that point, social media wasn't wasn't even around. <laughs> you know, I started my business in 1995. and um, But as social media got, you know, was born and, and began really exploding, then, you know, my time got even more and more kind of crunched. And I had to really look at that and take a look at my social media use and where was I putting my time, energy, and attention. So it sounds like you were wearing many hats or roles in the beginning. Yes. And then you had to figure out how you're going to do it all. Yeah, how I wasn't going to do it all. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I, I think that was really a turning point for me, realizing, you know, I can't do it all. And there are some things that I don't do well or I don't enjoy. And if I didn't enjoy them and I didn't do them well, they immediately went on the list for delegation so that I could find someone who did them well and enjoyed them. You mentioned before the show that you woke up and you didn't enjoy it anymore because you were working seven-day weeks and you had no life, no time for yourself. And it was very stressful, right? Success looks like stress at this point. So what had to change for you? Yeah, so, you know, like we talked about before the show, I would have people say, oh, Kristen, you're so successful at business. And it was great to hear that, but I didn't feel it inside. Because to me, when I thought about success, I thought success to me is having time and money, not one or the other. And I really wanted to create a life and a business that gave me both you know, where I wasn't working all the time to try to make a lot of money. You know, I wanted to have both. And so I had to really look at that. And, you know, I was, I was exhausted at that time. I was working seven days a week, often 12 to 14 hours a day. It was just very draining. And so the thought of working more or even continuing felt overwhelming to me. But I knew that if I wanted something to change, I was going to have to expend more energy to try to do that, both mentally and perhaps physically. And so I gave myself a time limit. I decided that if in a year my business didn't earn more money and have me working less, I would quit or I would sell it. And so that gave me the motivation of a container of time in which to really 
take a look at what I could shift and change. And, you know, some things that I changed, I realized that I needed to hire a manager, somebody to really take the helm of my business for at least a couple of days a week so that I could step away more and more. And when I began realizing that, what was underneath that was a lot of fear around giving the reins to someone else. I had had a really bad experience having hired a manager, um, the first one that I'd ever hired. And so when that didn't work out, and it was very messy, a messy breakup, <laughs> I felt like, you know, I made the decision at that moment, like I never want to do this again. And I had to really face the pain that I went through, you know, over the challenges with that, with that prior manager. And so what you did was you put your trust, you put your baby in someone else's hands and she betrayed you. Correct. She did. She took a number of my clients and, um, you know, I didn't realize until after that, well, I don't really want to get into that, but it was just a very messy situation. So you felt and you felt like it was it was hard to give a control because it was your baby. You built this business, and you need to be able yes. to trust somebody again and exactly. be able to hand the reins over to someone who will manage it the way you do. Yes, and I was afraid that perhaps you know I would draw the same kind of person. So I had to really face those fears and realize that if I wanted to get some freedom within my business, I had to go ahead and get brave, you know, get courage, get courageous to hire somebody again. And so I did. I learned my lesson and I really looked for these qualities and I found them. That really transformed the business. You know, I was able to step away. So those were some, you know, tangible things I did, but other things that I did were very intangible, like really looking at my beliefs around working hard and believing that as a business owner, I had to work hard in order to make money. And that was really, when I looked around that was the reality that I saw from the business owners that I knew in my life. They either had time or money, but they didn't have both. And I didn't know anyone that had both. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to be the role model (laughs) for myself and create this, even though it's not being reflected outside of me. Where did your belief originate from? So I believe I've worked with a lot of coaching clients around their their mindset and their beliefs and just like for me for a lot of my coaching clients beliefs have originated in childhood you know we observe our role models which are usually our parents and so for me it was really seeing my dad working all the time he was either napping or he was working (laughs) and he was napping because he was exhausted. So I, you know, again, unconsciously equated work, you know, if I want to make money, I have to work hard. That was the belief that I took on without even realizing it. 
And then there's also the societal belief. So if you ask most people who either are business owners or aren't, most will say, you know, if you say, do you have to work hard as a business owner? Most will say yes. That's a very common societal belief that if you have a business, you have to work hard. So, you know, not only did I have the belief within myself from observing my role model, my dad, um, I also had the societal belief. It's part of giving up control then and having it easier is to be able to delegate your control and being comfortable with it. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's not even being comfortable with it. Um, because if you're waiting to be comfortable with delegating, you might be waiting your whole life. Unfortunately, (laughs) most business owners are self-employed for a reason. They really like having the autonomy. They like being in control. That's not been my experience in my own life and working with a lot of business owners. I found that. And so if comfort is the barometer for, okay, I'm ready to delegate, it's not going to happen, most likely. It's really about working through the discomfort and being willing to delegate in spite of the discomfort. And But it's not only that, it's really choosing wisely. But then because I had had that, that experience, I was very clear about things that I wanted and didn't want. You know, so having the hiring. space to make the mistakes and yep. to be able yeah. to move on move on from them. Yeah, and it took me a long time. It took me a number of years to get to that point. This new mindset yeah. shift, what, what does it look like? So it is making money is easy. It's, it's really the, the flip side. And, you know, that... That has been my reality. I mean, not in every single situation, but I would say how I got to that place was really looking at observing where it originated, realizing that that's the societal belief that is around me. You know, awareness is really the first step, I think, to really disengaging from a a belief, a negative belief. So that was step one. Step two was realizing, you know, if making money is easy, is that showing up in my life anywhere? You know, I couldn't really see it before, but am I open to seeing it now? And I began to notice when it showed up. I began to notice when I booked a pet sitting client, when I had my pet sitting business and, you know, the sitter got a thousand dollars and my company got a thousand dollars within a five minute phone call. So you start you know, to notice easy. so after the mind shift and where you said to yourself, making money should be easy and you start looking for that. Everywhere Actually, you went, it sounded it sounds like yeah. and you start to notice all the possibilities that tie to that mindset after you decide that you were going to make that shift. Yeah, and it wasn't even making money should be easy. Because actually the should didn't resonate with me. It was making money is easy. And at first that felt like a lie. Absolutely. It felt like a lie. 
saying that, you know, I would say it out loud and I would just laugh like, oh yeah, right. You know, but then as I began to observe it in my life, then I began to actually believe that it could be possible. So what are some examples of what you saw that made you realize it is possible? Oh my God. So I, one of the, one of the wonderful experiences of hiring this manager is that one of my long held dreams was to go back to Bali. I had been there a number of years prior and had really missed traveling and felt like I couldn't travel because my business was so big. I had many, many staff members at the time and, you know, was working a lot of hours. But as I started lowering my hours and really working fewer and fewer hours and fewer days, I realized this is a a possibility. And so I asked my manager if she would be willing to manage for me, and she said yes. So um, I ended up living in Bali and India for four months a few years ago. And then I came back and I, for nine months, and then I went back to India and Bali and I was gone for seven months. And, you know, during that time of the seventh month trip, this is so mind blowing. I made more money not working because I didn't work during that time at all. I made more money not working and traveling than I did working. (laughs) And I know that sounds so bizarre. Time for a short break. We'll return more on success mindset. Support for KXSF comes from Lady Falcon Coffee Club, an iconoclastic, only in San Francisco, coffee roastery. Born and blended by the beach in the outer sunset and female-owned and operated, Look for Lady Falcon Coffee Club beans at Byright, Williams-Sonoma, Gus's, Rainbow Grocery, Good Eggs, and other fine food vendors, or at their vintage mobile coffee truck about town. Learn more by visiting their website at ladyfalconcoffeeclub.com. Thanks for supporting San Francisco Community Radio. We know you, and we know you're out there listening. Support KXSF during our low-power, high-ambitions fundraising drive by donating now at www.kxsf.fm. Every dollar goes straight into keeping SF Community Radio on air, providing music and programming you won't find anywhere else. Live, local, and totally San Francisco. Support KXSF 102.5 FM. Donate online at www.kxsf.fm. Thanks. This is KXSF 102.5 FM, streaming worldwide at www.kxsf.fm. And you're tuned in to Spark with Kelly Marlowe. Informing minds, inspiring ideas, igniting innovation. Let the conversation sink into your soul. I was talking with Kristen Morrison before the break about the mindset of what success looks like. So I do want to back up and ask, um, you had mentioned when we first talked that you had to shift where it became making money is easy. Then it's kind of changed your eyes in the way you're looking at everything around you. And you started to see possibilities where you were talking about how you saw this $1,000 opportunity that was happening. Yeah. 
And then yeah. you started to see, well, I could target the opportunities that are going to make me more money. So can you talk about that? Oh, yeah. So I began to really look at how to attract these ideal clients. And to me at that time, my ideal clients were really clients that traveled for long periods of time. So I there was a uh, company in my area that was a pet-friendly company. And I knew that a lot of the people who worked there did business travel so I began doing target marketing to that particular large company and began collecting a lot of clients who then began traveling for extended periods of time, work travel. And so it was very easy. It was literally like, you know, a short email. Hey, is so-and-so available? Yes. I would book them. It would be, you know, $300, $500 profit, $1,000 profit. So... Because of that, I began to really look at where can I find more of these easy money clients? And it began happening. But, you know, I was also, I wasn't just waiting for them. I wasn't like looking up the sky, you know, hoping they would come to me, fall out of the sky. It was really me going after them as well. So what I found in my life in, in running my businesses is it's really this balance between really working with the beliefs and the mindset, which is very much an inner job, but then also doing the outer job of taking action in whatever way is required. Once your mindset shift shifted, yeah. you started yep. looking for situations that fit into your new belief. Would that be the yep. best way to describe Absol- it? Yep, absolutely. And I, I recommend if somebody is listening and they're feeling stuck to start with the mind and what what beliefs they might have around whatever situation they're struggling with especially if it's a long-term situation like my um, making money is hard had been a you know a number of years that I had experienced that and you know especially when you're experiencing it something for a long period of time it's usually a very long-held belief. And when you work with that, then suddenly everything can shift, and it can shift pretty quickly. So first of all, you have to see what your limiting belief is. And once you see it, you reframe it. Yep. And And it it may take you a while to believe it, as you had mentioned. Yeah. But once you believe it, but mm -hmm. so you have to come to actually believe what you're reframing. You do. And that can be tricky because at first it feels like this is the opposite of my reality. But, you know, I would find myself, I wrote post-it notes, making money is easy, and I put them on my in my house, on the mirror, on my computer, in the dashboard of my car. I began to surround myself with it, and it felt very much crazy. You know, <laughs> like, this doesn't feel true to me, and yet I was surrounding myself with it. So how did it and go that, deeper, though? Let's say you're well, surrounding yourself deeper, with them. Yeah, yeah. It went deeper from really looking at, well, where is this showing up in my life? And at first it felt like it's not showing up. But then let's go a little deeper. Is it possible that this could be showing up in my life and I can't see it because this belief is like a wall that's hindering my inner and outer vision? 
And it was, you know, I began to be able to peer over that wall and see actually making money as easy as showing up over here. And this experience of showing up over here. And I also had to really look at, at that point, um, I received checks from clients. Now it's all automated. But, you know, at that point, I received checks and I would find myself just like putting the check in the, depositing the check, but not really connecting to the check. And so that began to be a practice for me of really looking at it and realizing, wow, this money is here. What a gift, what an honor. You know, how blessed am I to have this money coming? And you can do that even just noticing with an automated payment. You can just sit with your computer and, you know, be in awe and wonder that here's this money that came to you. So what you're saying is that you will hit barriers even if oh, you yeah. want to do a mindset. <laughs> you want to reset your mind and yeah. see everything differently. And then at first you're not sure if you're convincing yourself and you're trying to. And then you yeah. just have to look, you have to just see everything with new eyes in in terms of possibility situations. And then you have to validate. I think this is what I'm hearing is that you're using yeah. checks to validate that you are seeing what you're seeing. Yeah, instead of just like depositing it and not really connecting the dots, I created this. This was an intention. You know, I especially did it with the big, uh, the big checks. You can do them with the little checks too, but the big checks are really a reflection of, you know, especially if it feels very easy. It's like honoring it, really honoring that the fruition of having this desire of making money is easy. And then look, here it is. Instead of just shoveling it in, you know, into the bank account, you know. And saying more, without, more, more. Yeah, without being conscious, it's really honoring it and being grateful, bringing that into the equation. We're going to take a quick break and thank our underwriters. Be back on Success Mindset with Kristen Morrison. I'm DJ Panda, host of Chop Chop Lollipop. And I'm DJ Flying Japan, host of Oh Girl Up. You can hear our shows on KXSF 102.5 FM on Saturday morning starting at 10. But just in case you miss us live, you can hear us in convenient podcast form just by going to www.kxsf.fm, clicking on the red menu button, tapping podcast, and scrolling. You'll not only find our shows, you'll find a huge choice of other KXSF shows, including Rock Nito in English and Spanish, Bishop Tom, Brother Bruno, Free Fall, West of Twin Peaks Radio, the Turkish Culture Program, Don't Fret, Francophone, and Carolyn. You'll never have the fear of missing out again. You're too young to have FOMO. You're never too young. Broaden your broadcast experience. Go to www.kxsf.fm and explore all the great music KXSF has to offer. And while you're there, click on Donate and help keep us on the air through 2019. Thanks for supporting San Francisco Community Radio. Keep Real Radio alive, people. Live, local, real radio. That's why you're here listening to KXSF, right? 
on 102.5 FM San Francisco. We give you more of what you want, music and programming curated by actual human beings who live locally in your neighborhoods, plus live music and interviews with local artists and bands. But to stay on the air, KXSF really needs your help. Donate now to KXSF by going online to www.kxsf.fm and clicking on donate. It's 100% tax deductible. Keep real radio alive in San Francisco and donate now, everyone. Thank you so much. This is KXSF 102.5 FM, streaming worldwide at www.kxsf.fm. And you're tuned in to Spark with Kelly Marlowe. Informing minds, inspiring ideas, igniting innovation. Let the conversation sink into your soul. I was talking with Kristen Morrison before the break about the mindset of what success looks like. So if I asked you how you would walk through this, let's say everybody's going to go through this mind shift now where yeah. making money is easy. Yeah. Can you describe so how the steps? They... How, yeah, how, what would that look like? Yeah. Just... Okay. So flip whatever it is that, you know, discover what your belief is, your negative belief, flip it on its side. It's like turning over a coin. You know, what's the opposite? Byron Katie would call it a turnaround. But, you know, turn it around, have it be the opposite, worded in positive present tense. So that's why making money is easy. It's not making money can be easy or making money should be easy. Not that, but making money is easy, for example. And then look around you and see if you can find someone that embodies that new belief that you would like to embody so that you can find a role model. And if you can't, and if you can, talk to them about it. Say, how did you get to this point? For some people, it'll be natural. For others, they've had to do inner and outer work to get there. But you can interview them, you know, and ask them, how did you do that? If you can't find anyone, then it's going to be your job to be that role model for yourself. And that can be a little harder. It's like, you know, having to weed whack to create a path, you know, not always easy. But you can do it. You can begin to look at where is this reality showing up in my life, even in the smallest instance. Some very small thing where it's easy and it's fun and it's lighthearted. So starting there, and then that, once you start noticing those, you'll be able to notice more. And then you'll be able to actively create more. Like I did, I began to really actively market for my ideal clients. I determined who they were, someone who travels frequently, and then to begin really target marketing for them. You know, this is in terms of my belief, it'll be different action for you listener, you know, who doesn't have this particular belief, you know, but there, there probably will be some outer action that you'll need to take in order for this to become a reality. It's not just, you know, the mindset. It really needs, it usually needs action in addition to that. So were there any other mindset shifts that you have to make? 
in terms of this or a different right. different mindset? Just did you feel that that there were other aspects of the way you thought or you perceived yeah. that had to change as well? Yeah, that's a good question. So I, because I didn't see it around me, I wondered if it was possible. So that's like the weed whacking the past, you know, you're macheting the past. It's hard. And because I didn't see it around me, the belief of maybe this isn't possible, but then turning that on its side, maybe it is possible. And why can't I be the one to do it in my little slice of the world? Why not? You know, why not is a really powerful phrase, actually, or question. Why not? You know, why not me? Are you taking and, this to another level now? Is there now have you shifted again? Yes, I have. Um, and what does so, the next level look like? Yeah, well, I had really lucky, lucky uh, break. And, you know, I say lucky, but I've also been working um, and been an entrepreneur for a number of years at this point. But I had an article written about me. I had a reporter for a very large um, uh, publication contact me a few months ago and do an article, write an article about me, and it went viral. And as a result of that, I've had a lot of interview requests. And so um, for me, I'm really looking at my time now and really looking at, you know, the belief around there's not enough time. You know, it's not money anymore for me. It's time. You know, both are precious commodities, right? Money and time. So I'm working with it on a similar in a similar way, and I'm not quite there yet. That's my current work, is really looking at time. So wouldn't you say to yourself, then, that time is easy? Time, you, I have all the time I need in the world? Yeah, I would. I have all the time I need in the world. I have, there is enough time. I have enough time. But now you have to realize it. Yes. And so, you know, and it's a bit tricky when I'm looking at my calendar and it's kind of locked up. So what I'm doing, part of it is I'm doing some mind work, you know, and this is at the beginning stages. It's not in the middle yet for me. It's in the beginning stages of really flipping it on its side. But I'm I'm now starting to also, in addition to mind work, I'm really looking at what actions can I take? But usually it's time, right? The question becomes, is either money or time? Can you have both? And that's the challenge. Oh, yes. So I, because I do feel like, yes, exactly. So because I don't no longer have my pet sitting company anymore. I sold it six years ago. So my work life is very different than it was then. I'm an entrepreneur rather than a service-based business owner. So it's a different shift in terms of having both time and money at this different evolution. In and how is it different now? Well, it's different now in that I work with coaching clients. Um, I create products, online courses. I'm an author. Um, you know, I 
my time goes in different directions than it did when I owned a service-based business. When I owned a service-based business, I could I hired a manager and I was able to step away. You know, this current work, at least right now, feels like it 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 involves me. <laughs> you know, so you're not, well, you're not hiring a ghostwriter. No, <laughs> in some ways, it. It doesn't. Once I create a product, I have a number of products for pet business owners, for instance, then there they are. They're created. You know, I've created one thing and it helps a lot of people. Hopefully that's the intention. So the buzz that's going on around you right now is tied to the fact that you're able to succeed on your own terms, which is more money, less time. But it's also tied to the fact that the industry you're in is pretty big and it's growing, too. It is. It's hot business. It is. It's true. People are really drawn to it. They love, a lot of people love pets. They love the idea of being self-employed. So there's that. Um, When I started the business in 1995, people, most people had no clue what, there was even such a thing as a dog walking business or a pet sitting business. I would go to parties and people would say, what (laughs) you do what for a living? You know, I'd have to explain and educate people. And now the dog spas and dog hotels. Exactly. I know. I know dogs are are having their, their day. That's for sure. Oh, and there's dog play date. Yes. (laughs) Dog birthday parties, dog weddings. Yeah. There's no Um, limit to what you can spend now. True. So you could keep on growing the business, but you are well, by uh, coaching other dog owners. Yes. Correct. Correct. Yes, I coach pet business owners. Yeah, so I coach all kinds of pet business owners. You are automating some of your coaching, so you don't actually have to be present. Well, not the one-on-one coaching, but I do. I have an online course that I created that is automated. It's a four-week course, and it's self-paced, you know, by whoever signs up for it. And so that, yeah, it's called Catapult, Catapult Online Pet Business Program. So that's something that I have that's automated. And, you know, it works well for those pet business owners who aren't able to attend a scheduled online course with me. I'm doing a course in January for pet business owners, but it's a 30-day course. It's a 30-day pet sitting and dog walking business challenge. And so that's something I'm going to be doing. That is not automated, but I'm really excited about it. It's something new. I've never done it quite in this way. So anytime there's something new, it's always really exhilarating and exciting. So I couldn't help think about the fact that automation also helps you scale. Right. Oh, yes. Gives you more money and requires less time. Yes, yes. And I do have a number of products that are automated. And, of course, my books. You know, I have audiobooks and e-books and paperback books. Those are all, you know, you do one thing, you create one thing, and then it gets to go out to its rightful owner, whoever that may be. So would you reveal which one is your biggest moneymaker now that you've automated the coaching aspect? Uh, yeah, I would say my online programs 
um, the catapult program. It's a really big seller. People love it and they've gotten a lot out of it. So that, that's a big one. Um, the 30 day challenge is gearing up to be that. Who knows? You know, it's going to be happening in a couple of months in January, but that, that's shaping up. And my books are, are really big sellers on Amazon and, um, yeah, it's, it's such a pleasure to write a book. It takes a, it does take a lot of energy. I mean, the first book took a lot of energy. The other ones have been less, you know, less work, but still quite a bit. It's a lot to write a book, but it feels so incredibly satisfying once it's created for it to be out there in the world, you know. But what is it that's unique about your coaching that differentiates from all the other coaching that's out there? I think the way I work with people, all I can say is to speak for my own self because I don't know about all the other coaches there, but I know for me, what I've, the feedback I've gotten from my clients is that I work both on the logical level. So I consider myself fairly business savvy. I've been in business for a number of years and, and also I'm very intuitive. So I switch back and forth, you know, work with me in that way. And if they don't, I'll just go the logical route. But I find if I'm able to really move fluidly, you know, and, and state what I'm observing within the business, um, that, and also I'm a very no BS coach. I mean, I really call it out as I see it. And I would imagine a lot of coaches do that. That's something that I just can't help. You know, if I see something, I'm really going to pay attention to it. And I'm going to help my business owner client pay attention to it. So what about the webinars, um, so and the books? Yeah. Oh, so I, yeah, I do, I do webinars. I do monthly webinars. And then my books. Um, so, did, the, so know, it's a social media aspect that's important now for oh, yeah. the coaching. It's, I think I think the social media aspect is very important for business owners, any kind of business owner. If, if you're not on social media, you're really missing out on being able to attract new clients. And you know, it's for some people, it's really can be exhausting for them. They think I don't want to be on social media all the time. I feel like I've got too many tasks going on. Do I have to be on social media? And you know. What I recommend is just setting aside 20, even 20 minutes a week and focusing on social media, getting in and getting out. It sounds like the best way to do what you're doing is to start off being an expert and being really good at a particular industry. Let's say pet business, right? Pet care business. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then after you show success, you move on to coaching and being an advisor. Yeah, I, you know, I think that could be true for some people. But it's sort of like when I hired a manager who was a pet sitter and a dog walker for me. It isn't naturally, a, it's a very different skill set that's required. So teaching is very different from running a business. So you may or may not be gifted at that. And if you're not gifted, then you can learn. 
but it may take a while to learn. You can take coaching courses. You know, that can be a way to learn. Um, for some people, it would be a very natural progression. Yes. And for others, not so natural. We're going to take a quick break and thank our underwriters. Be back on Success Mindset with Kristen Morrison. Support for KXSF comes from the East Bay Depot for Creative Reuse, a nonprofit organization dedicated to diverting and redistributing waste materials into low or no cost supplies for art, education, and social services while modeling the positive environmental benefits of reuse. You can learn about their Green Educator program and visit their store at 4695 Telegraph Avenue in Oakland. Find out more at creativereuse.org. Thanks for supporting KXSF 102.5 FM. It takes a village to keep independent radio alive and well in San Francisco. That's why KXSF 102.5 FM is looking for underwriters to support our station. If you are an individual who loves listening to local artists and bands, or you run a business that cares about cultural diversity in our city, your tax-deductible donation to San Francisco Community Radio is a great investment. To find out more about how to become an underwriter, go to www.kxsf.fm Click on Become an Underwriter and help keep KXSF on the air through 2019. This is KXSF 102.5 FM, streaming worldwide at www.kxsf.fm. And you're tuned in to Spark with Kelly Marlowe. Informing minds, inspiring ideas, igniting innovation. Let the conversation sink into your soul. I was talking with Kristen Morrison before the break about the mindset of what success looks like. You're still working on the next level, which is time. Yep. How you will create more time and make more money at the same time. So it's, it's yeah. both are going up and up. Yep. It's taking it to another level from where I had it before. Because, you know, this is what most entrepreneurs dream of is getting this lucky break in a way. I say that in quotes, but, you know, having a lot of publicity and a lot of interview requests, it's um, really fortuitous and um, I feel very grateful and it impacts the schedule. So how to... um, so would it mean that you train more people or would you automate more of what you're doing? Well, I'm, I'm actually looking at more being even more strategic in my time planning. I create a time plan. I have an ideal time plan and a current time plan. But that's the goal, again, to implement. But that's something that's going to be a non-negotiable for me. So, you know, no matter how great the possibility, unless it's something just enormous, you know. So if you could be on Oprah on Friday afternoon, or you could take the afternoon (laughs) off. Because it's really about, you know, once we give ourselves something and we, we say, this I'm giving to you, we have to learn to trust ourselves by continuing, you know, keeping that commitment to ourselves. So it sounds like you are going to have more time more money, unless Oprah comes <laughs> calling, 
um, and everyone else (laughs) who said her level, then you may have Uh no time at all then. Um, If I were to ask you what someone could do today, today, like what would you say? I would say look at your biggest challenge in either your business or your life. Look at it. Maybe it's relationship, maybe it's work, but look at what the negative, the underlying negative belief might be that's running that challenge if it's been a long time challenge and flip it on its side and begin to work with it. Where might this negative belief have originated? Probably it's from your childhood. You know, what happened that could have caused you to have that belief in this present day? You know, what happened in the past that is causing this reality? So a lot of the beliefs are taught. um, Sometimes just even through nonverbal communication, like watching my dad work all the time. He didn't say, oh my gosh, you know, making money is hard. He never said that. But that's what I equated as a result of witnessing him working hard. And that was, that was my reality. So I had to really flip it and begin to work with it and create a different reality for myself. And that is where... The work starts. It does. That's where the work starts. And again, I just really want to reiterate, it isn't just about the mindset. You know, it's so crucial um, getting clear about what the new mindset is, but it's also about taking some kind of action. Like one of the negative beliefs I had about relationship is um, I'm too old to get married. You know, in my 40s, feeling like I'm never going to get married. You know, all the data out there says it's hard to get married after 40. And so my flip was, I am the perfect age to get married. And, you know, within a few months of having that that reset, that new mindset, I met my husband. Beautiful. But I also had to take action and date. You know, wasn't just like waiting at home for him to show up on my doorstep. That never would have happened. I can help but, but ask. Mind, so what yeah, did, the mind, what did you do? Did you go so out more? I, well, first I worked with my mindset. I really spent about three months working with it. And I even said, you know, I pretended like I'd be hiking and I would imagine, you know, introducing my boyfriend to people. I, I couldn't start with husband. That felt too strange and too much of a far, far reach, you know? So I would imagine myself saying, this is my boyfriend. I didn't know his name. You know, this is my boyfriend, so-and-so. And, and then I would imagine this man, this mystery man saying, this is my wife, Kristen. And then as I used to, as I would say that over and over and over, then I would imagine this mystery man saying, this is my wife, Kristen, and I would say, this is my husband. So you use a, you use visualization then on a daily basis? Yes. 
And is that part of the mindset? Yes. Definitely. So you have to be able to imagine yourself or visualize yourself in various situations. Yeah. Where it's happening as if it's happening now. Well, it's interesting. I did it more with wanting to, to meet my husband than I did about the making money is easy. I didn't really use much visualization. It was more really working with my my mental beliefs around that and then taking action. But for the relationship, because it was such a charged issue, for some of us, some issues are going to be more charged than others. For relationship, I had had a history of dating men who weren't really available. So there wasn't like a middle ground for me. So again, it's like I didn't have a sense, a barometer within myself of having an experience of having a right relationship. And so I had to do a lot of mental work around that. And that, you know, one of the affirmations that I said over and over and over, let me see if I can remember that. Because I said it so many times, I am in a healthy and loving relationship with a man who loves and adores me and who I love and adore. So you believe in affirmations that they do work? Yes. Yes. But you have to feel it. Yeah, you have to feel it. And that's part of believing. You know, another word for believing is feeling, right? I believe it. I feel it. And you did that for three months, and that's when you met your husband. I did. Well, no, I, I actually did it from like January. I woke up January 2013 really feeling like I want to meet my husband this year. I'm done being single. I'm done being lonely. I'm ready. You know, and I didn't feel ready and I wasn't actually. I had a lot of inner work to do, but I decided to really do some emotional and mental work around partnership. And so for the first three months, I began to really work with my negative beliefs in a similar way that I had worked with them around money. I thought if I could change my relationship to money, I can change my relationship to bringing in a husband. And it was true. So then I began working with my mental beliefs. And after about three months, I really felt like, okay, I am ready to put myself out there. And I did a lot of you know, speed dating. I did a lot of online dating, went on a lot of dates. It wasn't like I met him right away, but nine months after deciding, I met him. Yeah. So, so it's turning your current belief on the side or reframing it. Visualization and affirmations help too, especially if you're feeling it, which is what really believing is. And then taking uh, action. Yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes visualizing it can help you begin to feel it. If you can begin to imagine it, call in this situ- this new reality, this new situation. For me, as I began to say the affirmations, I began to really be able to visualize this person. I mean, you know, he looked very different from what I imagined, but similar energy. You know, to what I imagined. I really feel grateful and lucky to have him. I appreciate you sharing your story. 
Thank you for joining yeah. me on Spark today. 